smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and I will be the Time Lord with you this evening, and with me as always is... Andy. Who will be the Dalek this evening? Ah, that's right. Spoilers. Oh, spoiler alert. Guess you shouldn't be listening to a podcast about an episode you haven't seen. I'm just oh yeah, a little bit. Um, because if you if you are, then you're just asking for trouble, in my humble opinion. Uh, if this is the first time you are listening to us, we are a TV show podcast. We talk about Doctor Who most of the time, ninety percent of the time. But when it is on hiatus, like it will be for the rest of this year, maybe we'll talk about something else in the meantime. Uh, but for the most part, we really just do talk about Doctor Who. So if you're a fan of Doctor Who, if you like TV in general, and if you like this podcast, make sure that you hit subscribe, like it, follow it, review it, tell your friends about it, because that's the best way to get the word around, of course. Um, And uh, yeah, so hang around. Today, we're going to be talking about the first ever New Year's special, specifically about New Year's. Not the first um, ever. Not well, special, not an episode that took place on New Year's, not an episode like that, but it was specifically made as a special instead of a Christmas special. Right. The end of time part two uh, was was a New Year's special. Was it officially a New Year's special or was it just. It, it was just it, it really... aired on New Year's as, and it was well, a special. <laughs> So it wasn't called New Year's special, right? No. Well, I think that's I think it's an important little factoid there. Uh, but before we talk about the episode and news and all that fun stuff about Doctor Who, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. Take it away, me. And we're back. That's right, we're back. And that was a great break, great commercial break there, Andy. Don't don't you, don't you think? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um okay so the last time you heard from us we were talking about the finale of doctor who we didn't really think it was all that special and in uh in the course of events in the course of other finales past we didn't really consider it the most memorable we thought it was probably the weakest actually in fact uh yeah. with when it comes down to at least new who and i i can't speak for the classic Right, I'd have it would be very difficult for me to pick from that, but um, apparently, it seems that Chris Chibnall agreed. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he's, 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 it wasn't that great. That. Not necessarily uh, to the degree that we were talking, but he did say that the New Year's special is the de facto conclusion to Series Eleven. So most likely, he didn't quite he wasn't quite happy with the way the Raskar of Kalos was the finale this this is more of a finale for what he wanted to say. It, it is a lot of people have said well you know that's the finale that we deserved was this this episode um which i agree with it was probably and i, I thought about it a, a, a while and i thought maybe it was the, actually the best episode of the season if you count it as a season episode um yeah just because it's a lot of fun and it's well done and uh, I remember thinking when I was watching it, it 
looked really nice too, like uh, cinematography specifically. Uh, there's a lot of good artsy shots, I think. It, in it. seems that uh, the director was Wayne Yip, and it says he previously worked on Doctor Who and Class during the Stephen Moffat era. Okay. He was the first returning director since Chibnall made his start. First returning director. Okay. That's, that's as well I as guess, maybe a good thing. Villain. And <laughs> the first returning villain as well. Um, I wonder if Chibnall was always planning to bring one in for the special, whether it be a Christmas special, a New Year's special, or uh, if oh, he kind that. of caved yeah. in because people were yeah. complaining. I don't know about complaining because I don't, I don't, I think they filmed this before any of the season started airing. But I, I don't know. While, while he was producing the season, he might have felt like, eh, maybe we need something like that, right? You yeah. Know, um, I don't know. But, but yeah, so I, I think if, if it wasn't going to be the, if it wasn't going to be the special, then for sure next season probably would have included a Dalek or a Cyberman or something like that. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about it being the best episode of the season. I still couldn't decide when it came down to other finales versus this episode. Uh, because um, it's it's a lot closer to the other ones, but it still might be the weakest if, if you can count it as a uh, finale. Um, it was done really well, but I'm just thinking, it, does it reach that epic scale that uh, Doctor Who's known for? I don't know. Uh, in some it, ways, I think it does. The The episode that this reminded me the most of was uh, from season one with, uh, you know, the first Dalek episode of New Who. Oh, yeah. And uh, and there's a couple of shout outs. Yeah. Instead of instead of it being this giant army of Daleks, it's just about that what one single Dalek can actually do. And I really like that. It makes the Daleks a little bit more scary, I think, when when it's when it's focusing on like one character like that. And because uh, what what happened here, they they used the shield against the Daleks, which they've done before a couple times. Uh, once in the first season, another time later on with uh, was it Matt's. Yeah, Matt Smith, when he said, when they all tried to attack him on the ship, uh, and they couldn't remember his name and all that. Um, so that force field was specifically similar, I think, to the first season. So I think there was a couple of first season shout outs in this episode. Okay, looking back at some of the past uh, finales, I it's, it's hard to say for sure. Because there's some, definitely some parts of, of this episode that I really, of the episode I'm about to talk about, there's some parts of it that I really like, but overall it felt weaker compared to some of the other finales, and that's The Wedding of River Song. Mm. Um, I still gotta say, that's probably still overall better than Resolution, but they're probably not too far off. Okay. Because so, I, think, I think I think some of the stuff with, like you see the stuff with the silence and the stuff with, um, the ending, like where you find out exactly what happened with uh with when they thought the doctor was dead, exactly what happened with that. 
that stuff was really cool. I think some of the middle area, maybe not, it doesn't hold up as well. Um, and, and maybe it should have been a two-parter or something like that. That would have made it better. But resolution, I really liked because of the, like I said, the, the single Dalek. Um, it, it, it really made it seem powerful, like the way it was taking over people and stuff. Yeah, the so, way that they, it was pretty unique, I think. Yeah, and I, I like like the the voice of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the voice yeah. of it, the the very idea that this was the first one that ever showed up on Earth, and and how uh, it basically evolved from this point forward to all the Dalek stories we've seen uh, in right. Doctor Who past came from kind of this story, which is pretty unique, I think. Um, yeah, this is, this I almost want to say that the, the, the voice was darker; it was deeper, and I almost want to say they like kicked it, and it it got its voice higher uh, when it was attacked, and then it just got stuck at that higher pitch. No, it wasn't until it got the shell that's when it it went sort of back to the regular Dalek voice. But when it was outside the shell, it had a deeper voice, and I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like. Um, it's sort of like the opposite of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> the opposite. That's right. They didn't have the same uh, technology as in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, unfortunately. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, before we start about talk about what happens in the episode a uh, bit by bit, another thing that I was saying uh, in the last podcast episode was that I was going to have Additional episodes talking about the books and the comics. Did not do those. That. <laughs> uh, I never finished reading. I got so busy with work and health issues because I started getting blind and needed glasses, apparently, that uh, I never got around to actually reading. Um, I read only a few chapters of the first book. I mean, I still have the other books, I guess. Technically speaking, I could continue the podcast and and talk about the comic that showed up and the books that have come out with uh, the 13th doctor. Um, that's, that's my, my excuse too. Why I never read any books because I'm always so busy with everything else. <laughs> oh yes. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's not damaging to your eyes to try to read. <laughs> yeah, that's either. Well, see, I don't have perfect vision either, but you know, I deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it, it only affects you when you actually find out that you have a job that requires you to uh, have deep focus on pretty much everything like I have. And that's it's what funny. actually probably made it worse, actually. You mean like tutoring college students and uh, having to read all the yeah. stuff? Yeah. Okay. That. <laughs> I was talking more like being a truck driver and you have to constantly be looking at all the garages and the mirrors and the people and the roads and the crap and then the the night comes and then it gets worse and then it gets blurry and then it gets glary and then you can't see anything i used to i used to hate driving at night i've noticed that uh now that i use my gps more i didn't have it you know when i first started driving i I noticed with the gps i feel a little bit more comfortable (laughs) yeah but try try gps at night if you miss a turn it won't really help you much. <laughs> so just a little 
FYI, a little PSA, you know, get your eyes checked every once in a while, you know. You might be shocked at what, uh, once you put on your eye uh, glasses and you're like, oh, I can see in 4K now. All right. Oh, I know, so, I, know how is. I know how that is. I, I, I remember how much sharper it looked, but I, I still, since I'm, I'm, I can deal without them, I, I just do. <laughs> yeah. And mo- I think a lot of people can deal. It's just that uh, if you have something that requires eye strain, then it's probably going to get worse unless you deal with it. So let's talk about resolution. That's the episode title. And uh, first of all, Happy New Year. I hope your 2019 resolution, real one, is uh, super, and I hope you achieve it and stuff. All right, so. (laughs) So this episode kind of starts off with a very, very classic kind of, uh, I want to say, fantasy-based story. Uh, We've seen it before in other shows, other movies, and things of the nature where um, good guys beat the bad guys, and because even though they are defeated, they can't be fully defeated unless you tear them apart and take them to opposite corners of the earth, right? We've seen that before in movies and TVs past, so it's kind of interesting to see it be issued here in uh, Doctor Who. Uh, we've learned later that the villain that these three people, these three armies defeat was a Dalek. We don't know that at first, but that's what we find out. Right. Um, now, well, apparently, find, I was. Before we find that out, they find a, a DNA sample, and the doctor's like, oh, the DNA matches the, the most, uh, de- the deadliest. Uh, creature in the universe. I'm like, oh, not another one of these. Because <laughs> they, they use that another one. same line with almost every villain. This is the deadliest creature in the galaxy. Like they said, I think they said that for the uh, was it Stenza or whatever. You know, they 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 they, they say it for a lot of different villains in the show. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? That shot. That scene in in the actual show was like an alternate take of what you see in the trailer. The trailer, um, the doctor doesn't say anything about DNA. She hears the voice first. So in the trailer, she's like, I know that voice. Why would they give that away in the trailer? The trailer doesn't actually uh, say anything about Daleks. She's just saying, I know that voice. And people didn't know right away that it was Daleks. People were still theorizing of what the heck that could be or if it's another red herring. It's like, oh, I know that voice. Or it's like something like 24 used to do with Jack Bauer saying, I know that villain, but we've never seen him before. (laughs) Um, Which they could always do. Um, But it made things you know, kind of thrilling and interesting and made people guess. Um, but I mean, the whole reason why people already knew it was Daleks was the whole problem that Dr. Who always has. And that's basically that it was just released information. I mean, BBC, what are you going to do? So, you know, I was reading about this episode and I was reading about it's, connections 
it had some shout outs to previous doctors. And actually the first scene here, um, it's not ex- exactly a connection, but it is interesting to note that the fourth doctor was talking about the Daleks. And he said that future enemies will become allies because of the fear of the Daleks. Mm. Um, I obviously have not seen the classic Doctor Who series. This is just something that I read. I don't know if you remember it because you saw it. Uh, it sounds like but- that would be said. Um, the fourth doctor said it and that's basically what's explaining this first opening sequence because there's <laughs> these armies that are fighting together to uh to kill the daleks and to spread them apart i would say it so, probably describes more than one time but this is one of those times this is one of the times. Yeah. I mean, we've seen stuff before. Uh, it's just something that I've just noticed. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're fighting together to split the Dalek apart. So it won't ever come together. Something like the iron giant where those legs start reanimating and then jumping across the world, trying to connect to each other. <laughs> that never <laughs> happened in the episode, but I was expecting something like that. Um it, it they never did like they sh- they showed um a little bit of the other cre- the other uh guardians when when the first one started coming alive but they didn't really go back to that so i don't know yeah one of the guardians was killed on his way to hide the third part the other parts apparently were uh hidden successfully at least for now uh, the third one was held by this one dude, and the one dude died in the process. Um, was killed by an arrow by I don't know Indian or something like that. Bandits. And uh, ban- bandits, <laughs> those terrible people. And I don't know why, because did they? They didn't even touch the Dalek part, did they? They were just trying the- to rob him. They were just trying to rob him, and they saw that he didn't have any money, and they left him. And they wouldn't even pick up the weird alien metal that he was carrying. I mean, I, I, if I was a bandit, I'd be looking at it, and be like, "Hey, this could just this could be worth something," you know? I, 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 I guess. I mean, back yeah, then, people it's not weren't. Gold. It's not worth. It's not gold. I don't care about it. <laughs> it's not gold. It's the only thing that matters. Uh but there's a, a cool uh, introduction because. The guy dies, and it's that one shot above him, and then it just kind of fades to present day, where his body just kind of turns to skeleton in the sand, and then he's being excavated. Yeah. He's yeah. being yeah excavated by uh, the dude from Jurassic Park. Oh, I know the uh, not the dude from Jurassic Park, but uh, not a paleontologist, just just a historian kind of a guy, an archaeologist. Uh, yeah, Indiana Jones. Um, and he's found the dude. He's found the Dalek part. Doesn't know what it is. We don't see it, of course, because that would just give things away, I think. I'm Actually, I'm not sure. I don't think if we saw... When I first saw it... Well, okay. What I what, When I first saw it, I was like, hey, that looks kind of like a Dalek. I was just joking, though. I didn't actually think it was a Dalek. I just thought what it was did... like, you know, the same kind of mutation. What? 
Oh, you you've talked about the squid. Yeah, the squid mutate. You know the the blob on the wall. I said that looked kind of like a Dalek, but I was just joking. I didn't think. You know, I, actually... I was I was thinking the same thing. I knew it was a Dalek, so I guess that helped. But I think the idea is, I mean, they can't completely, completely um, hide the fact that it's Dalek because Daleks kind of do look like squids if they're not in their shells, and we have kind of given gotten an idea of what they look like here and there uh, beyond their shells. This was different this one than was what we've seen before. Be- why? Because it was a scout, right? It was a reconnaissance, something or other it was, scout. Yeah, it, wasn't- it was a different kind of Dalek, but anyway, it, it was bigger. Uh, I don't think the other Daleks had like squid arms type things like this one did. like Almost like Venom. Squid arms, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Venom, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, what it, that, that's what it was. It was basically Venom. Yeah. At least that's how it kind of turns out. Doctor Who Venom. <laughs> Doctor, that's right. Because uh, Doctor Who, Doc, the Doctor, and her companions are off. They're looking at space fireworks, right? Because it's New Year's. Apparently, yeah. they're going all over the universe. They're going all over the universe looking at things like this for some odd reason. Um, 19 of them. 19 of them. They visited 19 uh, space New Year's for some reason. You know, that actually brings to mind the first comic for the 13th Doctor. They're looking at what looks to be exploding fireworks in the sky. Yeah. Space stuff. It's uh, yeah. it's like entire lives that, that are happening all at once that they're viewing. It looks like fireworks. And they're like thinking that they're exploding and having pain, but they're like, no, no, they're having entire lives. We're just seeing them and fast forward. And it's like uh, this whole fireworks show. And I was like, well, you know, I guess you could see this as a connection to that if you want to. So that's interesting. Um, so they get sent there because I don't know if it's another distress beacon or what they like their distress beacons. Um, I don't even remember why they're called there. Do you remember why they're called there? Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the ship detects something going on back in Sheffield. Something dangerous. Yeah. I guess that's all my it's notes say. Like, it's almost like uh, Legends of Tomorrow, you know? <laughs> they, in Legends of Tomorrow, the, the, the ship, which is... Uh, Oh, I don't remember the name of the ship. The ship always detects like something wrong with time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or is that custodians of the universe, or <laughs> yeah. whatever it's called, or what it's called in uh, the Legends of Tomorrow? Um, oh, the time. So let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay, so let's see what my notes say here. So they go back to Sheffield. To figure out what's going on they got those two archaeologists that are like in love i guess they want to date and stuff well they just uh, had a new party and they and they uh ended up kissing each other and they kissed they, they kissed because it was new year's yeah yeah but then they was like was that a mate's kiss or was it <laughs> it's like oh no it was something more okay all right um they land there this is one of the cool shots that I, I liked. It was, you know, in the middle of that sewer, uh, had the reflection of the water. The TARDIS land right in the middle. Uh, it was just an artsy shot, I think. 
Um, and then uh, when they're trying to figure out what's going on, what was the girl's name? Um, Lynn? Let's see. I think it's Lynn. And uh, she sees yeah. the squid on the wall. Yeah. She sees the squid on the wall. Nobody else does. Uh, and it cuts kind of goes back and forth. And she's like, yeah, I saw the squid on the wall and now it's not there anymore. They're thinking it's in the sewer. It could be anywhere because it's a tunnel system that leads all the way, you know, underground everywhere around the city. Right. So it could be anywhere. But really, it's attached to her. Like Venom. Yes. And with it's, the, even with, it's with like, the arms and everything. Yeah, and it's, it's wrapping. Uh, the first thing that I thought of was that it was wrapping onto her like... Uh, stress points or whatever that can make you move and stuff. Um, okay. But yeah. then, but then I guess it was more of a psychological alien connection. Maybe like something like, like a psychic, like an independence day. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the alien, uh, alien, which was kind of like a squid in independence day wrapped itself around the guy, made him talk. Made him move. Welcome to Earth. What's that? Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Yes. Welcome to Earth. All right. So that's basically what's going on. Independence Day style. And she's connected uh, to the alien. And the doctor doesn't know right away, which I find a little bit silly in retrospect. I think, I think she would probably be able to tell if something was amiss. But... For story-wise, we're going to say, nah. The Dalek is is sort of in her head. So even if she was able to tell, she wasn't able to really say. She just, it it was sort of, you know, affecting her that way, in her head. Yeah. So everybody kind of splits up at this point, right? Uh, Lynn doesn't go on a date with Mitch, which is the guy's name. She goes home. Uh, She tries to get rid of the alien, can't do it. Uh, Mitch, I don't know, I guess hangs out with everybody because he's got nothing else better to do. I don't know. Uh, Tardis, doesn't he? Yeah. And then they go to Ryan and Graham's house. I'm not entirely sure why. (laughs) They just do. And, uh, here's something interesting that I found. I know it, 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 it's just something that popped in my head when they went to Ryan and Graham's house. Destroyed the chair. Did they or did... They destroyed the chair. <laughs> it's the first thing that popped in my head. Why did that happen? And why didn't the chair get sucked into the TARDIS? <laughs> because it's Doctor Who. Isn't that what happens usually? <laughs> you know, people uh, always complained about the continuity and whatever with Stephen Moffat. But everybody's got problems here and there. I mean, this is just a tiny little thing. If you think about it, it's like other things usually get sucked in. You never see the TARDIS land on somebody and they, they're they dead. They're decapitated because of the TARDIS. You never see that. They just get sucked into the TARDIS. That seems like more of like a teleport thing. But um, I feel like we've seen the, the doctor land his TARDIS in a house and it sort of messed up the furniture or something before. I feel like maybe with Martha... Maybe Martha Jones. 
I, I'm, I'm, there was an episode where the doctor showed up. It was it was in Martha's house, right? But did did he met? I think I thought he messed something up, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I can't think of anything right off the bat. I the only thing I could think of that would kind of make sense is that it was just outside the area where it would be instead of being created inside the TARDIS that it was just like on the corner of the outside of it. So it didn't. I I just feel like when, when you see something go into the TARDIS, that's when the doctor is specific, the doctor or the TARDIS is specifically teleporting them inside. And it's not just going to normal. I didn't think it's teleportation. I just think the TARDIS is showing up in that, you know, area and if something's in that area it just kind of pops in the TARDIS because the doctor can't know if there's somebody just kind of standing around in a room when the TARDIS shows up right how many people could the doctor have killed at this point because (laughs) didn't know where the TARDIS was actually going to pop up where somebody's standing well maybe the TARDIS actually appeared about you know three feet above the ground and then just slammed down on the ground and smashed the chair <laughs> <laughs> uh, why because the doctor steamers doesn't know how to fly the tardis no don't even get into that crash land <laughs> crash landing come on man no we we always know that the females that fly the ship are usually the better ones in show's history has, if anything has been proven from there, we that's usually what happens. Because Missy could drive it pretty well, I believe, and so did River. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, the alien's attached to Lynn. Uh, she can't get rid of it because it's just, it's destroying her from the inside out. Keeps uh, being able to control her more and more and more, and Basically, it wants to it wants to bring back its shell because it's kind of naked without it, and uh, you can only really do so much with a human shell, if you will. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's just she's just limp. So he goes out, does a little bit of Fast and Furious with her. Um, what is it? You know, another. This is one thing that I noticed somebody asked about afterwards too. She gets co- stopped by a cop, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I heard 103. I don't know what you heard. Some people hear 120, but no. it's something like that. Uh, 103. Yeah, but one thing that I know that he said was miles per hour. Some people were asking, "Why don't they ask kilometers per hour?" They do miles. I, I then I read that too. So they do miles per hour. So who does kilometers per hour? Somebody has to. Uh, they they have Canada, I guess. I don't know about Canada. I know. Uh, I know it, a lot of places in Europe do, but uh, England is a little weird. England is sort of like a mix of some of the stuff that we use and some of the stuff that Europe uses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. They do pounds and they do miles, but they also That's do have. You know, they know they understand and they do sometimes use kilometers and kilograms. They also have for instead of pounds, they also have stones. That's another thing they use. So stones. They, have, they have some weird 
they have some weird things in England. It's sort it's sort of like a mix between us and the rest of the world. Yeah, because some people were actually asking about that specifically, and somebody from there said, "Oh yeah, it it is weird. We do use miles, some, but sometimes we also use measurements of time too. So if somebody's like, okay, where is you know Sheffield? We'll be like, oh, it's you know three hours from here. <laughs> you know, we say that too, but we don't we don't really mean it seriously because who knows how fast you know this is approximate so i don't know if they're using it as an approximate thing or as an actual yeah, measurement I'm sure that's what they mean it's, it's so it's sort of like the way we do it like i would say chicago is about two hours away you know yeah for me yeah well yeah two hours you are so hours away that sort of thing a little bit more six and a half at least um so the Dalek slash Lin the Linic the Dalin, I don't know. Um kills the cops. By the way, I checked it. It's 103. Takes their... 103? Yeah. Okay. Um kills the cops, takes their car, takes their suits, and heads to uh like a what is this? It's like a weapons place. This is the place where they store weapons. It and has, yeah, basically wants to create the shell, like I said, and this kind of brings it back to the first episode. Well, she's wearing the police uh, outfit. Was it like an evidence locker? I don't think it's an evidence locker. I think she just went to the, uh, a weapons place as a cop. So no matter where she goes. To gain access, she had the ability to, theoretically, because she was a quote-unquote cop. Um, but I'm not sure entirely. I don't think it was an evidence locker. But just like the first episode, we have this like montage where you're building something. Uh, the first one was about the uh, sonic screwdriver. This one was about the Dalek shell, which apparently you can also make with Earth materials. It was confusing because it, it it was definitely definitely seemed to be earth materials because she was at the place with the earth stuff, but she also got a Dalek gun. There might have been old Dalek parts, like maybe it was uh, relate. It wasn't unit because they said unit was closed down, but um, but there might have been old alien you know attacks evidence or something. Maybe there was pieces. Yeah, it could have been like. Stuff. Yeah, it could have been like unit storage, I guess. Yeah, it could have been something like that. And so so there there might have been pieces of Dalek stuff then. I was a little disappointed to see that Kate Stewart wasn't going to pop up because Yeah, they mentioned Kate Stewart and I thought that was cool because they don't do a lot of references to older stuff with Chibnall. And I think this episode you have the Daleks and you also have the references to Kate Stewart and unit and it seems like maybe he's like, okay, we can, we can, we're, I've shown you what I can do. Now let's go back to uh, including some older stuff with this. <laughs> well, because he doesn't care anymore. This is special. It's, it's nothing. But by the time we get to series twelve, it's going to be basically the same thing as series eleven. <laughs> Probably series eleven. He's like, I want to show you what I can do. You know. I don't want to yeah. rely on what other people have done. This is what I can do, and it's 
it wasn't very good. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. And now, and now I think he's opening up the toolbox to some of the stuff that had been done before. Yeah, so I like that. So sorry, I think I think uh, Chibnall can do an okay job, but he's got to have good material to work with. And he isn't the greatest at coming up with his own villains, which I think is a big issue with him. Yeah. True. Now, we kind of also go into a little bit of a montage for um, how destructive this Dalek is. And I was actually saying out loud when I was watching, I was like, dang. (laughs) And I was watching, I was like, this dude's killing everybody. It yeah. is violent. It's, like I said, and, it's very similar to the first Dalek episode in that way, where it really, it, it's not about numbers. Uh, it's about, you know, actually striking fear into the audience with, you, you only need one Dalek to do that. And I think that makes it a little bit more scary, you know. Right. I mean, and we've had those episodes where there's, one Dalek, maybe three, and then we've had the episodes where there's like hundreds and millions of Daleks, but it's like the ones with the more fewer, so it's more centralized on the focus of the Daleks. Those ones are more destructive and more horrific than the ones with hundreds and everything. Yeah, at some point, you know, there's just so many that it's like it doesn't it it seems like it should be a, a big deal but it becomes like it's too much like it's okay you're overdoing it you know right mm-hmm. um but here's the thing now now we have to take this idea we got you know daleks killing people all over the place and we have to uh Take a little bit of a breather here, and let's take a look at the subplot here. And that is the thing going on with Ryan and his father. This is a big part of the episode as well, and a big part of why this episode works, I think, as a whole, because it gets a little bit more personable with our companions, uh, especially with Ryan and Graham. Once again, Yaz is kind of just... Yes, she doesn't really do anything in this episode. She just helps out. Um, and she doesn't have like her own personable story either. She's just, yes. Uh, but it is important for Ryan and Graham and, of course, Ryan's father. This is a vital part. It kind of completes um, some unanswered questions, I should say, uh, with Ryan's story because we never really did felt see that Ryan's story was kind of lacking. I think they, they sort of started building it up a little bit with Graham towards the end of the season, but it still felt very underdeveloped. I think this episode helped mm-hmm. a lot with that. Um, Yaz is still like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, in this episode, let's see. Ryan's dad shows up out of the blue. Wants to <laughs> rekindle their relationship. Did he show up in a previous episode? No. No, I don't think the dad ever did, and that was kind of the point. I I know he did at the funeral, but I was thinking he might have appeared at one point. 
I don't think he ever did. Okay. I think sh- him showing up was kind of uh, supposed to be a shock to him, but also kind of a shock to us because you have Ryan and his his family. His, was it uh, a phone call? His... Yeah, was there a phone call? I don't remember a phone call either. I don't know what I'm thinking of then. Probably a like a different companion. I don't know. <laughs> um, interesting though. Uh, so he's trying to be like, "Hey, I'm your dad. Let's hang out." And Ryan's like, "Ah, I, I don't know about that, man. You uh, are a terrible father, uh, <laughs> and you are not here enough, and you don't talk to me enough. You don't spend enough time with me." Uh, you've got some explaining to do. You got some apologizing to do. You got some of this and that, blah 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 blah. And uh, it really just came down to the dad giving up and saying, "Hey, you tell me what to say, <laughs> because I'm trying here, and I just don't know what to do, because I'm a terrible father." Uh, <laughs> so. You know, Ryan, of course, says to apologize and do this and that, admit your faults and blah, 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 blah. But also Graham had his moments with him because in a way, and you don't really think about this until you see the scene, you know, Graham's kind of the the father's here is his father-in-law, father, father-in-law, but stepfather stepfather yeah yeah in a, in a lot of ways you don't even think about that you don't even think because of grace and all that but yeah the, it's like one big family and you don't really even consider that until Graham has his own one-on-one with his dad which i found to be a, an interesting way to see things um mm-hmm. because Graham was able to show him what grace had kept yeah uh, when it came down to his stuff, so it's like, hey, uh, uh, in one way, I understand that you're not the best father to to Ryan, but at the same time, I also know that everybody grieves differently. Everybody has to do their own thing, so it's kind of like one of these things, right? One of these balancing acts where you got to do the right thing, but maybe not everybody the same thing. So um, that was an interesting scene i think for the most part interesting subplot it was important for the end of the episode specifically because uh when the doctor and them show back up they use um ryan's dad's contraption that he's been trying to sell which is a microwave oven microwave and an oven (laughs) (laughs) and an oven they use that or parts of it anyway to take down the doll which was a concept, right? <laughs> I don't know how... I, I I probably missed the part in the episode where it showed how the three enemies in the ninth century killed the Dalek. I don't even remember how they actually did it. I don't it. know if they explained it. But the, mar- uh, the microwave slash oven was supposed to be a modern concept of it that speeds things along but does the same job. Oh, so they did explain it then? Well, 
just that part. I just don't know what they did in the ninth century. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm talking about the old one. I don't. I don't remember them explaining how the old old people did it, but maybe they did. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so they attach all these parts. It 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 looks like uh, I don't know. It it kind of looks weird when they do it, but they do it, and uh, it starts melting this Dalek, and you think that Dalek's dead, but no, no, no. It has now attached itself to Ryan's father, of course. Yep. And what it wants to do is because it couldn't send a signal to the Daleks. I don't know why they didn't just let it send the signal. It would have made sense as a connection to later episodes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this was supposed to, okay, this is the first Dalek that showed up on Earth. This is how um, the turn of events happened to have the other Daleks show up and how all of these stories about the Daleks ended up. Um, But that's not exactly how this episode goes. At least it's not how it feels like it goes. Um, So because they blocked that signal, this new Dalek that's attached to Ryan's dad wants to actually be teleported via the TARDIS to the fleet of 100 Daleks or whatever. And the Doctor's like, all right. But sends it to that, like, firework show in space instead. (laughs) Uh, And specifically an exploding red sun, right? Yeah, but he's attached to Ryan's dad. Right. And what she's trying to do is to suck the, what is it, a squid-sized um, black hole, right? And then suck it into that to kill it. Because yeah. apparently now the doctor's okay with killing the bad guys. Uh, <laughs> no problemo. When it comes to a uh, Hey, even Daleks attached to Ryan's dads and stuff like that. No problem. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> So they're they're both pull Ryan's dad with him. Yeah, they're both getting sucked right out of the TARDIS, and I could have sworn, in order to, uh, kind of make up for not being in his son's life, I could have sworn he was going to sacrifice himself. (laughs) But I was like, can't do that too. I was like, they can't do that. That just that. That wouldn't be. I mean, I get it, but I, that wouldn't be right. You can't just keep on killing people off in Ryan's <laughs> life. Can't do it. Well, this, this is the this. You know, the Broadchurch is what this guy made before Doctor Who, and Broadchurch was kind of that kind of show where you you could kill people off and stuff. That kind of show. Oh, it's that kind of show. I got you. It's like oh, I would be too what is this Game of Thrones? No, not quite to that level, but but you know, to the it was a super serious show, you know. So. Yep. So okay, so the supernova is going off, uh, and basically Ryan saves the day because he asked the doctor about a hundred times to stop this, to save his dad, to do something, whatever, and the doctor is just kind of like staring <laughs> and not doing anything like i don't know it looks like your dad's gonna get sucked into the supernova i'm just 
I mean, if it's going to kill a Dalek, then that's probably the most important thing, right? All right, so Ryan runs off, uh, tries to get to his dad, uh, basically just forgives him for being a terrible father. And uh, I guess the dad's like, cool, grabs Ryan's hand, thought he was going to get sucked out too. Um, but Ryan's like, leave my dad alone. And I guess the, tar- uh, I guess the Dalek's just like, okay. And jumps to its death. Um, and then, then they're just back off again, going off the time and space. Yes. asks the doctor where she's going to go next. And the doctor says everywhere. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Well, at the very at the very end of the credits, it says the doctor will return. Yes, did it? <laughs> <laughs> they got to do that with everything now. Or Marvel, yeah, yeah. So, actually, what does this note say? Uh, in the first episode of series eleven, the doctor forged her new sonic screwdriver out of refused and spoons in this special a coda to season 11 the recon dalek forges a new ca- casing out of farm equipment it says farm, farm. equipment <laughs> where did he get the uh, dalek uh weapon i don't remember was yeah that- uh, the dalek weapon was at that uh it was the gun and that was from that one place where they killed that security guard dude. Um, like I said, it was like the weapons factory. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what it was called though. Oh, I thought that was the same place where it built the shell too. Was it? Was um, I, I thought it did too, but I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe. Um, so the episode begins and ends with a narrator. Uh, talking about the history of the Daleks. Um, was the was the narrator Ryan's dad? It's the first thing that popped in my head. Could be. I don't. I don't see. Um, a, I don't see a casting list for the narrator. Yeah, because I mean, you can't tell in the first uh, part of the episode when it's talking about the ninth century dudes that took care of the Dalek, but. Um, after seeing him throughout the episode and then hearing the narrator's voice at the very end, I was thinking, same guy. Okay. Could be wrong, but yeah. Now, speaking of casting, I thought it was int- very uh, interesting that um, because during the episode, it didn't sound like this, but uh, towards the end when he got this, his shell, the Dalek sounded the same. And I looked it up and it was, in fact, still the same voice, Nicholas Briggs, who's been doing the Daleks since the beginning of new who and so that's that's interesting that's one uh cast member that's returned then from uh previous oh, okay season. i thought i thought you had said that the voice of the daleks was the same as classic who i don't think so it no. sounds the same <laughs> but no no the the voice of k9 is okay but not the Daleks. 
this guy's not old enough to be. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess not. Yeah. Maybe he's related. <laughs> Could be related. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. so, yeah, that was the uh, New Year's special. It was pretty good for a uh, special, I think. I mean, it, is that, it, it really was because when you think about some of the Christmas specials, they have been kind of declining declining here and there uh throughout the years some of them are corny some of them aren't that special it's just almost like you have to watch it because it's christmas and it's just kind of fun to be christmas um but this kind of felt like an important uh episode uh the themes of course it comes down to accepting change um but also remembering the good old days, maybe, you know, with the the shout outs to previous doctors, previous episodes, previous um, things of the nature, as well as, uh, you know, the villain and uh, just in general, I think. So it ha- kind of had a nice balance there. Um, so it was a pretty decent special. It was also pretty good uh, if you want to consider it as a finale to the show um i know some people are saying it's part of series 12 which is usually what you see for specials like the christmas specials are often seen as the next season for season 11 so if it's included on a season blu-ray it'll probably be on season 12 that's what's usually the case on the blu-rays but as per chris chibnall he considers it the end of season 11 he does okay so i mean as far as planning goes, it was probably not the best as far as planning when it comes down to release of Blu-rays and release of uh, things like that. Because when that happens and it doesn't come out on the season 11 Blu-ray, then you kind of do have to consider it a season 12 thing because it's going to be released with the season 12 specials. Because it does feel like season 11. Now, season 10... Season 12. Maybe season 12 will just feel like it's a continuation. I don't know. The end of season 10, uh, we have our uh, episode where he turns into Jodie Whittaker, right? Um, that was kind of our Christmas special, wasn't it? Didn't that come, did that come out on Christmas? I can't even remember. It was a Christmas special. Uh, it's not part of season 10. It's is that a... 10 and 11. So is that episode released on Any series eleven, huh? Or is it? It's, it's released on its own thing. It's its own thing, unless you get the uh, the Peter Capaldi set, then it's in that. Well, I have the Peter Capaldi set. Yeah, so it's in that set, but it's or or it's in like the Christmas. There might be a Christmas special set that I think it's part of. But as for seasons, there's no season set that it comes with. It's all it's it's entirely its own thing. That is odd, don't you think? If you're gonna be watching season ten, there was also uh, twice or not twice. No, there was also the time of the doctor did the same thing, and so it's did. It's so weird though because they are such big episodes. You expect uh, as part of a season because if you if you just buy seasons alone. And then you watch that one, and then you watch the next episode, and it's not there, and it just feels like you really missed something massive. 
it just kind of seems uh, odd. Yeah, that's a big problem, especially like for those people that are maybe watching the series on Amazon Prime, for example. Um, let me just take a quick look here. I bet Netflix is a lot like that. For uh, I know Doctor Who's uh, on Netflix for people in the UK. Oh yeah, not anymore on in America. But let's see. So like, if you go to Let's say so it has season season one ends with parting of the ways and then season two. Oh, they do have the Christmas specials in the seasons on Amazon. Interesting. Let's check though. So uh the time of the doctor was in it was after season seven. So let's look at the end of season seven. It has the name of the doctor. And then let's look at season eight here. And it starts with deep breath. So it skips over both 50th anniversary parts. So it doesn't have the day of the doctor and it doesn't have the time of the doctor in Amazon Prime if you're going through the regular uh, episodes. So you completely miss skips, it. Skips the 50th anniversary. How do you do that? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> completely so that's that's one issue whenever i see somebody watching doctor who on streaming or or other means i always try to make sure they they have a good list of what all the episodes they need to watch are because sometimes those whether, whether it's streaming whether it's dvds or whether they're pirating it or whatever. <laughs> right good, and good. i mean yeah, you can't you, you cannot watch it like it's Battlestar Galactica where they have those specials that you really don't technically need to watch. It's just kind of fun to watch if you have the time. Um, here's these are like pertinent. Season four, they have Journeys End, and then it goes to the next Doctor, which was the Christmas special after season four. Uh, and then let's see what season five starts with on here. Season five starts with the 11th hour. So you miss out on the, uh, the one where the planet of the dead. You miss out on uh, the one on Mars, uh, waters of Mars. And you miss out. Specials, on, yeah. And you miss out on the end of David Tennant completely. Oh, <laughs> you skip over three specials. Oh, it's actually four a- because the end of time was two. So that production yeah, needs awesome. to get on that. I, I think they, I think the BBC needs to focus on production wise on planning uh, with how this works after the fact. I think they're, I, I think they're just focusing on the fact that, that most people are watching this as it airs. So they know, you know, we know we've seen it live, but if you haven't, this is hard to plan out and watch. I think they need to work more on planning uh, the actual production uh, or, or distribution, rather, of yeah, Doctor Who instead of talking about what's to come in further seasons and episodes of Doctor Who. They should stop focusing on spoiling people and start focusing more on distribution uh, on how to actually plan that out. Yeah. Like they have on Prime, there's a sec- there's one that says Doctor Who the 50th Anniversary Collection, which contains both of those specials and probably the the Night of the Doctor probably too. And then there's another one that says Doctor Who the Christmas Specials, and so 
you're split up against all the all these different random things that don't sort of connect to each other very well. So you really have to have a guide on what episodes to watch in what order if you if you weren't there when you were watching it the first time. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah. For sure. All right. So you have anything else to add about uh, resolution? Uh, nope. Either. Um, but I'm glad that I'm pleasantly surprised because I didn't really expect too much from a New Year's uh, resolution episode. Um, but it wasn't too bad. Um, I'm not against having more New Year's specials. Um, I think it would be nice if they sort of, uh, would set the specials as sort of like halfway between seasons instead of just any specific holiday mm-hmm. sort of sort of like a hiatus break special <laughs> the hiatus break yep break the hiatus up into halves that way with a with a special in the middle that would be nice all right so um like i said before we have a gap year with doctor who uh, we won't be seeing it again until 2020. Now, yeah, over a year. Mm-hmm. Don't know entirely when. It might be might, might be early 2020, but we don't know at this point. It's too early to tell. Uh, don't know yet if we'll have another show to podcast about. Uh, we have no plan set in motion. Uh, and I also don't know if I'll still be talking about the novels that have come out with 13th Doctor or the comic books. Um, so right this second, there is no active plan for the future of the podcast. We're probably going to go on hiatus <laughs> with Doctor Who. But make sure that you subscribe. This is especially a good reason why. Because if you follow the podcast, you'll see when we come back. Um we, we aren't a big budgeted podcast that always has a plan for another season. Um, we try our best, but you know, can't promise much of anything other than, Hey, when the next season of Dr. Who comes along, we'll come along with it. But if you subscribe, there might be some special episodes coming up uh, that you would normally miss if you didn't. So subscribe, follow, like review, Tell your friends about it. Um, and if we talk about a different show, we hope you come along and listen to that as well. So, uh, first of all, thanks for tuning in to the podcast. We hope you come back again. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you either next year or sometime soon with another show. We don't know yet. So, uh, Check out Netflix's Black Mirror, and uh, we'll see. Uh... <laughs> what well, wasn't random at all. Uh, if I actually, I actually, I tweeted about this. I said that Black Mirror is a podcastable show, but because it's Netflix, it's all released at one time, and there's not many episodes per season. It's also not quite a podcastable show, but it is a very thought-provoking show that you could talk hours about um so i have that so check it out 
it's also British. Well, the first two seasons are, and then Netflix picked it up, and then it's kind of American. <laughs> so, um, check that out. Um, until next time, guys. My name is Dave. I was the Time Lord today, and with me, as always, was Andy, who was the Dalek slash companion. Until next time, peace out, and have a good, peace out. happy new year. Peace out.